Provoke podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com. Hi, I'm Diana Marzalek. I'm with Provoke Media and we're here today on the Provoke podcast with Aaron Radelet. Aaron, welcome. Um, Aaron is the global CCO of Walgreen Boots Alliance. Thank you for coming. Hi, Diana. Great to be here. I hear is today your second anniversary on the job, the actual day, or are we just in the vicinity of the second (laughs) anniversary? I'd have to go in my file cabinet here and pull out my offer letter, but I think I'm almost to the day to when I started uh, two years ago. Well, your handlers, your entourage alerts me <laughs> to the big event. So we should have champagne on our podcast. I like that <laughs> idea. That would be a much different podcast. Exactly. That will be part two, the sequel. <laughs> so um, what a couple of years it has been for the healthcare industry. I mean, you and I spoke last year about this time and you were sort of in the thick of COVID and um, we're still sort of in the thick of COVID, but we're at a different place as well, right? Um, yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, in the last year, you're, you're a retailer, you're a healthcare provider. I think people, you know, the Walgreens of the world here in the States kind of stepped up and became vaccination centers and all of that. So where's your head? <laughs> it must have been like, <laughs> have you come out of it yet? Are you trying to digest what happened and, and where you go next or? Um... Yeah. Um... My head is at, it's been a very challenging and rewarding two years, and I'm looking forward to taking a vacation in August, is the short way to say it. But <laughs> With no phones I, or emails or a podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, right, as, as, as little as possible. But I'm enormously proud of the team. I'm a, proud, of course, of the communications team, but I'm proud of our 450,000 team members around the world that just has stepped up in so many ways during all of these unforeseen challenges. When I started two years ago, we had no idea what we were in for, did we? No, no. And um, you, you talked about your global team. You must have had to manage very different different um, challenges in your different areas, right? Because the pandemic and the, the reaction to it was constantly moving and moving differently in different regions. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. In fact, I remember the specific phone call that I got from our director of communications based out of China because we have pharmacies in China and her starting to talk about how this was very real. And she was looking around the streets in Shanghai and saying, this is not like a normal virus. And shortly afterwards, of course, the report started coming out more and more, but it was also an advantage, not only for the communications team, but for the company, because we were learning lessons earlier than some based on the experience that was happening over there and then gradually rolling itself over ultimately to the side of the world. Do you think it's the perception of or sort of the um, definition of the company changed at all? Because there's so many people, I know people who wanted to go to their local Walgreens for vaccinations because they were familiar with, you know, the store. Um, Really kind of fermenting the, the businesses as healthcare centers as much as retail operations. Now, I don't know if that's my impression or that really happened. And I don't know if that was the case beforehand and it's the perception that changed. Um, Maybe you could tell me a little bit about that and kind of the role in the community. Yeah, it's a good point because we look at 
how professions are evaluated from a reputation standpoint, the pharmacist is always at the top of the list. And I think there are several reasons for that. So Walgreens has been around for so long as is Boots, as is some of our other pharmacies in other countries. And the brand is just so recognized. If you think about it, your mom might've taken you to a Walgreens when you had your fever and you weren't feeling well and you went to the doctor and went over and got the prescription. Maybe mom picked you up a couple other things at the store that helped you make you feel better. There's a deep connection there, right? And what I found is everybody turned towards what was what was most familiar and safe during this time. And our brand really stuck out. And I think that it was certainly appreciated that we kept the stores open so that people could still get their prescriptions. Of course, we expanded our services into testing and ultimately into vaccinations. And I think this understanding of just not taking it for granted that these 9,000 stores in the U.S. are right at the end of the street when you need it, because we never have been needed more. And so we've seen our brand reputation scores tick up quite dramatically, even though they were good beforehand. But now that we're through some of the pandemic, we're seeing even higher scores. Well, that's a good place to be at, right? I mean, it's, um, where did you, what was the role or how did you use communications to bring, well, let me back up. When we spoke last year, we were on the heels of the George Floyd murder, we were in Black Lives Matter, and we talked about at that time, sort of Walgreens' role in the community and supporting black and brown customers and neighborhoods. Um, the pandemic has, um, you know, kind of unveiled health inequities, which were always there, but, but, you know, brought them to the forefront. And I'm wondering where a company like yours kind of used communications or how you used communications to reach into those communities to make sure the communities got the healthcare they needed to make sure they got the vaccinations they needed and the lasting effect of, of sort of bringing these problems to light. Yeah, that is definitely one area that I'm enormously proud of the company and the team on. And I know our CEO feels that way as well. So Diana, since the last time we talked, I have a new boss. Uh, Roz Brewer has joined the company as CEO. We're now the largest company helmed by an African-American woman in history. So that is quite an accomplishment. And we're very Glad that that gives us one more way that we can reach out to those communities that you just mentioned. And I'll give you just a few examples because it gets to something that is becoming more and more clear about where communications is at. Communications isn't just about a mouthpiece anymore. It very much is sitting at the table with the highest levels within the company and figuring out how do we make sure that we walk the walk as well as talk the talk. So. I remember many conversations where we've said, okay, it's great that we put out a statement. We were one of the first people to put out a statement during the racial justice movement, but that's table stakes, right? But how do we actually make sure that that comes through in our actions? So when we put together clinics for vaccinations, we deliberately made sure that we were reaching out to communities of color. When we were putting together our communications plans, we saw right away that we were much more effective when there were people of color speaking to people of color. So we made sure to identify spokespeople among our pharmacists that could bring across those messages. We took a good hard look at the leadership level of how we're addressing DEI overall. So we changed some of our hiring practices 
and made sure that we had the board approve new metrics for the levels of women as well as people of color on our teams. There are many, many things along the way where we just made sure that, again, we weren't just saying that we were supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion, but we were really meaning it. And one of my favorite times was we were the title sponsor of an NBC special that aired in primetime on Sunday night. And Roz appeared with Jennifer Hudson at one of the clinics that we're doing at an African-American church here in Chicago. And again, it was just one more way that we could get out the message and say how important this is and how committed we are. Another initiative that we did was we launched doctor's offices in some of our pharmacies. And we made sure that about half of those doctor offices as we move forward are going to be in underserved communities. So I can bore you with a lot more details, but that's just a few, that's just a few off the top of my head that we're particularly proud of. But you've got doctor, literal doctor's offices. People can come in for not just COVID, uh, but uh, not a vaccine, but to be checked on other things as well. Yeah, that's right. So we signed a deal with a company called Village MD. We're now co-located within our regular Walgreens pharmacies and stores. There's a doctor's office. So you can go in, see a doctor, walk a few feet across the way, and then pick up your prescription right away. So this, this idea of universal care all underneath one roof. It's amazing. It's what we can't get out in the real world. So <laughs> under the Walgreens yeah. roof, um, you're starting to provide it, which is which is fascinating. I mean, how do you, are you, are you sort of pivoting the, the company into being a healthcare providing provider system? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's an incredibly powerful brand, right? Everybody knows us for what we do right now, but I think that there's a lot of runway to expand on that. And that Village MD announcement is just one example as we think more and more about being a health hub of sorts where we can serve our customers and our patients even more. They already have the trust, going back to what I was saying about the role of the pharmacist and just the brand in general. So how can we make their lives easier? Healthcare has become incredibly difficult, as you were just alluding to, right? And complex, and it's full of anxiety for a lot of people. How can we make sure to build on who we are and to give even more where we can? And I think you'll be hearing a lot more about that from us in the months ahead. Okay, well, it's, it's pretty, um, it's notable and pretty amazing that when you think of all the issues and problems going on in the healthcare system and the discrepancies and that it's what we know as a retailer kind of rising to the occasion, right? And creating yeah. this um, unit or whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I mean, another story that sticks out to me in the midst of the racial justice movement was some of our stores were affected and unfortunately some of them were looted during the small percentage of people that were damaging some property in the midst of all that. And what we found was that the neighborhood rallied around these stores. And there are these pictures and video of not just at one store, but at several where the neighbors came out and with brooms literally were sweeping up the sidewalks and helping pick up the parts around the stores. And to me, that just says, what a strong connection and affinity people have. They really look at it as, quote, my Walgreens. We like to say that people don't say we're going to go to my supermarket or whatever retailer, but they all say my Walgreens. You know, my Walgreens is three blocks away. And I think that there's just a connection that might not exist there for some other retailers. 
which brings us to retail. <laughs> so the retail component <laughs> of your of, of Walgreens and and um, so as you say, people do have an affinity for their Walgreens. Um, but by the same token, in, as we all know, in the last year that a lot of people retreated to online shopping. Um, so where does the retail component, the messaging, all of that kind of fall into where Walgreens is at now or Walgreens Boots Alliance? Again, it's different, I know, in different countries, but, um, you know, where does, where, how do you promote or, or keep the retail end alive and well and that neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Marketing is very similar to communications. At its essence, it's pretty It's pretty simple. I like to say on the communication side, the number one question you always have to answer is what's in it for me from the audience perspective? What's valuable? What's interesting? What am I getting out of this? Right. Yeah. And marketing, it's the same way. Right. So ultimately, you have to start first with what does the customer want? And it seems so simple. But it's just amazing how often people go off course on that. I have to remind myself. I have to remind the team, right? And so as long as you're thinking of the customer and where they want to meet you, and then everything else takes care of itself. What are the tools and channels that you have to put in place? Some of which we rolled out at record speed in the middle of the pandemic. So, for example, being able to pick up your groceries curbside, having more digital offerings online in order to order and we'll be able to expand on that, take the lessons from the pandemic and offer that even more because we heard from our customers, this works for us, this might not work as well. So that's what we all is, that's our North Star. What does the customer want? And then we go from there. And we've seen our digital uptake certainly increase on both sides of the ocean for Boots as, for, as well as for Walgreens. That's gonna to continue to be a trend. But the big question is when you go into that space, how do you not lose the essence of the brand? And the essence of the brand is not the color red of the logo or the sign out front. It's the familiar faces. It's the emotional connections, right? It's the feelings over facts. Mm -hmm. So you'll see us even on our My Walgreens app and our commercials, certainly in all of our marketing, even if it's a digital channel, you'll still see familiar faces. You'll still see that connection to the pharmacist. You'll still be able to see what, comes over from the brick side into the click side. I like that, the brick side and the click side. <laughs> so you mentioned that, that a lot of communication, a lot of marketing is basic, right? Old, old school, what does the customer want? I mean, it's what the customer wants, right? But I yeah. know that communications um, has changed a lot. And I understand you have uh, some strong thoughts on, on modern communications being a different animal than promotion, you know? Um, and selling selling the goods or responding. I mean, it's it's a bigger endeavor now, or just a different endeavor. You tell me. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's all endeavor, right? So way back when, when I went to quote unquote PR school, it very much was about two way communication, right? And it was a lot more about the packaging. Let's make sure we get this message beautiful and pretty and neat, and then get it out to the outside world. And of course, the world has changed quite a bit. Social media has had a huge effect on this, not only in terms of the news cycle, as we all know, it's 24-7 news cycle these days, especially for a big global company, but it's also just impossible anymore to be able to sell the house by just the curbside appeal is one way to say it. Now everybody has full access to most degrees to walk through the house and look in every single closet inside the house, right? So now it's a lot less about how do you make it pretty from the outside? And how do you make sure that you work within the company so that 
every part of the company is something that you're ready to have company over and see. <laughs> um, so if you look at it way back when, it was much more about image waking. Now it's much more about being real, coming across in a very authentic way. And it also is about how do you connect all the different parts of what I like to call reputation management it's not just about sending out an internal memo or a press release. It's about working across marketing and HR and investor relations and government relations and CSR and DE&I. So you've got a full picture that you're presenting to all of your audiences. So how do you have enough time in the day to do that? <laughs> I work a lot. That's, <laughs> that's one answer. Of, that's a lot of things to put in line. Um, and I imagine that for a long time, these these different units were not cohesive, right? They were not tied in. HR hired people and marketing did their marketing. This is a next level for all these different um, departments as well. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that stuck out in the middle of the pandemic, we actually went through an RFP to decide what our next global agency of record was going to be for both communications as well as marketing. And I co-chaired that with our chief marketing officer. And it was really interesting hearing the responses back because Every single large agency, except for one, which we couldn't do because they work with our competitor, said to us back how refreshing and how different it is to have a collective approach with marketing and communications. And to us, we thought, well, of course that sort of makes sense, right? But if you get the marketing and communications right, then you want to make sure all those other functions I just listed are on board too, because you can have a lot more effective message. First of all, you're not contradicting yourself. You're not getting the left arm, right arm issues, right? But you're also bringing together the initiatives that you want to project together, which mm -hmm. creates a much more robust offering when you're ready to talk about it. I believe it. So last year, you had the pandemic, you had the racial injustice movement, and you chose new agencies <laughs> or went through the RFP process rather. Yeah. Um, you're going on vacation. Where are you going? I'm going to go up to Canada. Originally, I was going to try to go <laughs> to Europe, but it's a little too soon for that. So right, now that Canada's open Canada. its doors. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Going back to your point, there's, there's a lot of remote areas in Canada that don't have cell phone reception. Exactly. So. Eventually, I don't want to go here yet for you, but eventually you have to come back um, from your vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and so... In this sort of regroup, you know, we're, we're, you'll be in close to September. There's something sort of, I guess, because we think about going back to school, mental moving forward, like a new new part, you know, in September. With all that was un, un revealed in the last year, with all the chaos, with all the exhaustion, I mean, where, what are sort of your top challenges or where do you see the communications process going? Yeah. So it's interesting because we're starting to come out of the woods in the pandemic. Obviously, we still have quite a bit of concern about the Delta variant and some upticks. So we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. And we're certainly communicating internally and externally the importance of the vaccine and making sure to keep our employees safe, et cetera. But we're also nearing the end of our fiscal year. So this is the time where we put together our yearly strategy and plan moving forward. And for me, the most important thing is how do we build on the momentum that we have already? So going back to where we're saying our reputation is in quite a good place, we want to make sure that we continue to get the stories out there, take the lessons that we learned. It's clear that people want to hear about our role in the community and what we're doing from a CSR perspective, how we're helping our customers, the stories of our pharmacists. 
we want to do that more than ever before. So basically taking it to the next level where we don't necessarily have the advantage of being the biggest news story anymore, right? In some ways, it seems weird to say it. That was the easy part back when we were right in the center of things. But now we got to make sure that we we don't lose any ground and we continue to gain it. Right. Um, and your pharmacist, I think pharmacists can be like the most underrated or <laughs> least appreciated. In neighborhoods, people understand them, but they are so highly educated and they have such this big role in the healthcare, you know, provide as a healthcare provider. And I think people don't know it, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they, they hopefully are coming through a little bit as heroes at this point. Yeah, no question about it. And we've done a lot of profiles. For example, the Today Show did a great profile. One of our pharmacists just kind of talking about a day in the life and what's involved and how complicated the job is and how highly trained that you have to be and what that takes to go into a store when you're worried about your own family, you're worried about your own health, but that you're still putting your customers and patients uh, uh, first and foremost. And so that's actually something that we've, wanted to do for quite some time and the pandemic allowed us to tell those stories even more and we're doing a lot of that from the internal perspective in fact we're putting together an october appreciation day for our team members so that we can really celebrate and thank them and Roz, our ceo is going to bring some of our pharmacists and some of our other team members up on stage just really really put that into more focus just you know really what they've done because it really is so complex and it was such on a grand scale we just need to step back for a moment and just really recognize, wow, that's pretty incredible. We've talked about community, but, and, and I know that this um, last year really did put a new sort of spotlight on in, internal communications, but, and employee engagement and recognition, but for you, I mean, probably times a hundred, right? Because you've got pharmacists, you really had frontline workers. You had to get yeah. communications up with them. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was literally life and death situations where we needed to make sure that they were informed, that they understood about the protections that we had in place, that we had all sorts of systems in terms of if somebody couldn't come into their shift, that we had backup options. We, from the ground up, built a vaccine infrastructure and a testing infrastructure that didn't even exist before that time. One of my favorite stats, because we put a lot of measurement and metrics, both for our internal and our external audiences in place in the last couple of years. One of my favorites is that in the last year, Diana, our engagement scores for our field team members, so those would be the people working at our stores, they've actually gone up. So if you think about it, our engagement scores have gone up in the middle of a pandemic. And the only rationale that I can have on that is because they're so close to seeing the smiles on a patient's face or seeing the reaction of relief when somebody gets a vaccine um, that they just are really inspired by that, right? And so I just think that says a heck of a lot about the people we have working for our company. That's wonderful. And that must be a real reward or affirmation for you in, in, in what you're doing. It does, because when you're able to talk about something that important and see a direct line to how it's affecting the world and all of these communities all over the world, then it makes it a lot easier to get out of bed. You know, when you and I just jumped on, we were talking about how most of the time I was still coming to the office. I was one of the only ones coming to the office and people said, oh, how did that feel? And honestly, I didn't really think about it all that much because me coming to the office helped support 
all of the folks that were going into our stores. And ultimately that mission felt very important. So that, that keeps you going, you know? Excellent. Okay. Well, I appreciate the conversation. Hopefully we will talk before your third anniversary. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll make this an annual tradition. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. With maybe a six month champagne thing. So enjoy <laughs> yeah. the trip. So enjoy the trip. Um, and we will touch base and I appreciate you talking with us. Thanks, Diana. Appreciate it. You have been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy to use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com.